All right, later. All right, peace. All right, well then. Kyle, um, our tech guru. Dude, he's he's the guy. He's the guy. So uh, now that we're seven minutes in, and I know we're officially live. Hello, everyone. Thank you for coming to Let's Talk About Feelings with myself, Robbie Rapole, and my awesome other host, Dusty Pitstick. Also with our honorary co-hosts, Amber and her daughter, Tess. So, uh, hi, guys. Um, hi. Thank you to uh, Guy Aitchison and Gabe Ripley for giving us the opportunity to be here every week and talk about feelings, which is something that tattooers don't usually do a whole lot of. We just usually bitch. Um, so talking about feelings is nice. Uh, and I enjoy that you guys are coming here being with me on this. And I apologize for like being all weird in the water. I still can't find a place to get the sun out of my eyes fully. So like kind of hiding under this cool table that's in my pool. Like not only am I in a pool in Florida, I have a fucking table in my pool. Like that's wild. You get it. Yeah. <laughs> well, we think the kids to Universal. We're stopping at your house. Right? No shit. Yeah, you're right, Donna. I should just bring it over there. Yeah. Just I mean, leave one like, with dad. We'll be good. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, All we'll right. leave them with their grandfather. My ex can take the kids. That's perfect. <laughs> All right. So um, here we are. It's a little easier now. Zen's actually going to take over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Zen's going to enjoy himself. Zen's show now. He's his hey, own. baby. <gasps> this makes me wish my squishies were little. Yeah, I tell you what, um, I never really had a thing for babies. I thought there were, you know, a lot of work. Uh, and kind of a pain in the ass. And then I had, well, Donna had him. And uh, <laughs> it's a much bigger change. I enjoy uh, this time around. When I was a young man, having young people to be caring for, it was difficult. Um, it's still difficult now, but now that I'm a grown up, I feel, you know, I'm in my 40s, I feel like it's a lot easier to just be a father uh and a good partner and a supportive you know uh, role model for the yiddle man yeah. yeah so uh what do you guys want to talk about today what you got dusty oh i don't know just got home from a guest spot in indiana life's pretty good what you twerking on uh that remains to be seen <laughs> um not a not a whole lot at the moment uh okay. just just laying out something seeing where it takes me is that a wednesday um, i was about that to ask that the eventual game plan um eventual being big old quotes there trying to essentially stencil it out so but i did a guest spot at a shop in indiana with sean king who is awesome and uh their house just had so much art in it and he was talking so much about painting and style and i was like i got to 
Yeah. But uh, I dig well, that. It takes me. We're not there yet. So yeah, man, getting hidden inspirations is always awesome. Uh, I um I've been getting inspired a lot by the people that have been tattooing me. Uh, and that's not something that usually happened in the past. Uh, so it's really cool when you like change up your environment and you find enjoyment somewhere else uh, in your life that you've got. You know, like I like going to a guest spot and getting inspired and coming home and being a different person. Uh, yeah, for sure. sure. What's up? Oh, I just said for sure. Yeah, dude, it's it's a nice thing. And Amber, I'm sure you're uh, experiencing a lot of new inspiration being in the shop. Yes, being in a shop environment again is, is great. I missed it. Yeah, I bet. I bet. It's, uh, it's something to be said about being in the tattoo shop. It's like the barber shop. Yes. You know, like... I agree. You could go there and you can hang out for hours and days and do nothing yet solve all the world's problems with all your mm -hmm. new friends. <laughs> yeah right now the shop's getting ready for their friday the 13th event so okay i've been helping getting ready for that and meeting a bunch of the locals that come in all the time hell yeah so how often are you there um until they made me leave <laughs> that's basically awesome. until a little while after they closed and they're like all right we're going home to our wives now <laughs> and I'm like, all right, cool. I'll see you Tuesday. That's rad. That's rad. So you're working a full schedule with them? Yes. I'm I'm allowed there as I'm allowed there seven days a week if I want to be. No shit. That's awesome. I'm like, uh, if I didn't have to, you know, schedule doctor's appointments and occasionally sleep, I'd be here seven days a week. But yeah, I'm excited to see that. Like excited to see your journey, see where you go from here um you know uh it's it's hard to do something new especially uh as an old dog you know like we're not supposed this to this is my third apprenticeship no shit so what's been going on with all your priors um well my priors were both by the same person 20 some years apart okay but old biker dude second time around i paid for my apprenticeship and he ghosted with my money and his partner's money. Oh, cool. <clears throat> that's that's but He's dead now. Oh, okay. Okay. Take that. So how do you feel about that? Um karma is a bitch. Hmm. Okay. I feel you. Yeah. He, when he ghosted, he shacked up with this chick in Pennsylvania that he used to go to high school with, who was obsessed with him back then. She poisoned him. Wow. Shit. <laughs> wow. Damn. Well, what you eat? <laughs> yeah, right? Fuck, man. Whew. Um, that kind of, I guess, would lead me into the topic that I uh, have... Nuts ass uh, shit happens to me all the time. It seems like it, but you know what? All tattooers have a lot of nutty shit. A lot, all people. I mean, uh, it's wild when you have these conversations about like how weird life is. Yeah. And, you know, somebody that doesn't look like they'd have a weird life jumps in the conversation. 
then they start telling their truth and it's like wow you don't just have to be a wacky tattooer to have a fucked up life story you know you just have to be born i had surprise twins that didn't know i was pregnant until i was eight months pregnant wow god bless it happens to me all the time wow hey 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 you're <laughs> not the one traumatized from that I think you all are traumatized. From little. That. <laughs> I didn't know there were twins either. Now remember right. that. Right, right. Man, you didn't have to deal with the doctor looking at you saying there's a foot hanging out of you. We've all okay. been there. Yeah, we've all been there. <laughs> How did you handle it? Please explain, because I'm yeah, still working. Right? I just tried to find the owner of the foot. <laughs> I thought my kid lost his foot. Oh, she did. She asked me. She's like, "Does Dylan have both of his feet?" I, I really thought Dylan lost one of his feet. I mean, I have lost one of my feet, so I get it. <laughs> I, I was scared. Yeah, yeah, that could. That's and a, that was well, almost four wow. years ago. Four years ago in April. Wow. Yeah, having twins is a uh, is more than I ever thought I could handle or wanted to handle. But since then, I have almost fully bought my childhood home from my great-grandmother. So my kids can be raised here. My mom is actually currently sitting in the room we grew up in. Well, I grew up in. No shit. That is wild. I love that. Yeah, I wound up back in this room again. (laughs) For now. Full circle events. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like that's just kind of the the topic I wanted to run with today was the human experience, you know, and like everything we're talking about is just a part of that and just being yeah. and, and how the ride is a fucking ride and it's weird and it's difficult uh, and it's hard to figure out. Um, and there's so much uncertainty, uh, so much lack of experience until you go through it. And then like one of the worst parts for me is when you have experienced something and then you go through it again and it's still as hard as fuck. <laughs> I know. I know. It's like, I experienced this. I learned how to navigate this. Why isn't this easier to navigate if I know what I'm doing now? Right. Like, why Why don't I know? Why don't I have patience if I fucking been taught the lessons on how to learn patience so many times? Because patience is an ongoing lesson. It yes. never ends. Yes, that's the truth. And that's one of the things that I've learned about patience and everything else in life. It's always an ongoing thing. We never really know what we're doing. We never really get to the end of it because there is no real end until this body fails us, you know? So it's a, it's an interesting time. Yeah, Dusty. Oh, Tess, <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm still listening. I'm grabbing a brush. Oh no, Tess made a weird face and like, me and Amber caught it, and we we're like, "Okay, what's going on, dude?" But then no. it looked like she was looking at Dusty Square, and I looked <laughs> at Dusty Square, and he's just not there. And I was like, "Okay, that was weird." <laughs> she she blanked me from existence. No, I heard a crash. So oh. I was just like, "What?" Oh yeah, I heard that too. It was your children. <laughs> I'm well aware of that, but I was also listening to see if I heard, you know child noises after the fact right the crash that needed to be cleaned up after or just a crash it's yeah. like living with the animaniacs i could imagine they are the animaniacs how many do you have there irish triplets 
Yeah. That's Literally, what, Irish triplets. What does that mean? The kids are 13 months and 17 days apart. The That's twins from my oldest. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. When I went in for my first ultrasound and everything after I found out, they're like, oh, you're due on the 17th. The 17th of what? April? Next month. I'm sorry, what? Yeah. That's I was not... expecting them to, you know, say six months because that's how long it's been since I left the West Coast. Mm. But, you yeah, know. Life's no. a funny thing. And it does weird stuff. And it everything won't throw you anything you can't handle. Yeah. Yeah. Although I question it sometimes. Well, you know, um, you can handle it. You just might not want to. Ding, ding. They're all in school now. So it's lovely. So that's an interesting part about being an older parent. Um, I missed a lot of Jaden's life because I was constantly on the road and constantly tattooing, um, even when I was home. So one of the things we're thinking of doing is unschooling zen yeah you don't send them to school you don't follow a curriculum it's homeschooling without a curriculum so like they're interested in planets you teach them planet stuff and like take them to the planetarium and like do all kinds of shit like that and like along the way teach them life skills that are necessary and important so i feel like that's a very um it's a very bold move to make uh you know putting your kid in that type of situation and then never having a break from them um but also, I feel like it's something that could be really valuable uh, for his development as a human because, you know, he'll be going to yoga classes with us. He'll be going to the gym with us. He'll be, you know, like going to art shows and like doing all the things that I do. Uh, and I will teach him how to be the way I be. And if he wants me to teach him things that he wants to be, we teach him how he could be. I, I think it is very important for the development of all children to spend at least one season in the wild being raised by the deer people. So consider that for summer curriculum. I'm with How does being raised by hippies sound? Is that good? Right. I mean, we're almost... I think it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, we're yeah. almost there. You know what I'm saying? I was raised by hippies. Yeah, it works. I don't, I don't like the idea of any child that doesn't know how to forage for berries. Yeah, I think that's um, ridiculous. Those children need to learn these these skills. What are they, what are they teaching in the schools these days? <laughs> children should know how to get their own food. Right? And, you know, like, look at the curriculums and the way they've changed over the years. You know, like, when I was a kid, you know, you learned how to write cursive and you learned, you know, basic arithmetic and so on and so forth. Well, cursive you is had home ec and you had shop. Right, right. And, like, one of my favorite classes, I failed Algebra two. And they put me in consumer economics, which is basically like how to do <laughs> life math. So like taught you how to balance your checkbook, taught you about like getting a loan. What's and that? That's, is, that's a wild. thing. It's so it wild was. to me. That's not they, fair. They right. were like, hey, you're not great at algebra. So instead we're just going to teach you actual real world valuable lessons as opposed right. to being like hey you know real world lessons you want to learn math like i love that the alternative was some actual useful shit and not the standard 
and that's and that's where we lie um and you know having the feelings about wanting to unschool him because it's like who the fuck wrote these curriculums how old are these curriculums what are they actually teaching our kids and like i hate having that conversation sometimes because i feel bad for the people that are like so balls deep into the school system and like fuck i love school and i love the curriculums and i think our school system is amazing i don't think our school system is amazing so if i'm offending you if i'm triggering you i apologize deeply well i'm speaking to the audience more so than you guys (laughs) i i am so offended i'm sure you are dusty you get offended at everything (laughs) coming from somebody graduated what in 2015 um i didn't learn shit right you know like I took like three years of Spanish and still don't really know Spanish hardly at all. I took Uh, three years of French. I can cuss you out in French. And you probably learned that on the street, not in school. So, you know, like. I learned most of my Spanish from my four foot tall Mexican albino orangutan of a grandma. (laughs) Don't insult your grandmother on there. I will. That was-, I, that was one of my one of my favorite memes for the longest time was like any kid that was like, I don't know how to balance a checkbook. Well, what do you know? That the fucking mitochondrion is the powerhouse of the cell or whatever. And it's like all this shit that's cool to know if you're into science, but right. you know, teach like that. that stuff. Get get humans ready for the basic tenets of life. Teach them how to like cook and how to balance a checkbook and change a flat tire and to uh, forage for berries in the woods. And then when they get to that point, like, hey, do you fuck with science? Okay, cool. You're going to learn about cells. Or, hey, do you you really like English? Okay, well, we're going to teach you how to write a book. Uh, I feel like those are definitely the later problems of the world. History is cool. Everybody should learn history or else you end up with a lot of people that don't get what's going on but for the most part yeah like teach human skills first and then be like okay cool let's learn how to do fucking chemistry or whatever i still have beef with history too because whose history are we teaching you know whose version version of it right yeah now now that is very fair so i like um, world history history, i'm a bit of an archaeology nerd Definitely right. not religious history. No offense to any religious people. We're um, I'm not religious, history. but I do find religious history interesting. Right. I feel and, like, and that's not to say there isn't religious history that is interesting. I guess I mean that more from the standpoint of uh, I feel like a lot of American curriculum is based on what rich white Christians want us to know. Yes. Um, which is why a lot of like really shitty parts of history that was kind of our bad is swept under the rug a bit and just glossed and, uh, over i think it's a little melodramatic to compare some people in current american politics straight up to hitler but i think if you don't teach how bad all of that was that's kind of how you potentially end up with other hitlers you know what i mean yeah like, yeah we got to kind of teach the warning signs for cult leaders and mass murderers and shitty people so that I don't uh, necessarily stop, think stop electing the comparison is all that melodramatic. Right. And, you know, um, and that's the thing is if you do think that it's super melodramatic, that's how you kind of end up 
with the next one and you're like i mean it's not that bad and then you know people are like storming the capitol building trying to overthrow the government and you kind of have to be like maybe it is kind of bad no i'm like crazy notion but i believe that you know everyone needs to be taught like actual things dude did you just paint all over your sketch i did i wasn't feeling it oh okay okay adjusted it why don't you just fucking reorient the image and make it up and down so that way you can get more of her? I might. I here's my issue uh, with everything. Okay, let's hear. You may, you may be surprised to know I have issues with patience. Um, and so <laughs> I, I uh, shocker. I, I sketched it out and then I was like, no, I need to actually sketch it out better. And not just like the, oh, I made a grid half-assed sketch of it. So, uh, you know, I'm going to let this gesso dry and then take a second stab and make myself actually spend hours really doing a good sketch. To paint over. It. So, like, there's a lot to unpack in that whole statement. Uh, it's funny because, like, I don't ever plan fully my art before I get to it. I just pick something up and start vomiting paint or ink or whatever it is, the the, the medium. Um, yeah. and it's just interesting how like, how as artists, um, we are so, so, so hypercritical of the beginning stage of our own shit. Meanwhile, there's someone next to us feeling exactly as hypercritical and we look over at theirs and we're like, ha! Ah, Man, I wish I fucking arted like you. You art so hard. Uh-huh. <laughs> Dude, okay. I feel so that way about I, Roberto all the time. Right. I'm going to I'm going to do a crazy shout out here to uh Fox and Sparrow tattoo in Muncie, Indiana, cuz that's where I was at this weekend and they were super cool shops, super nice people. Everything about it was really fun. But these motherfuckers and I say that emphatically, these fucking no good assholes legit like tattoo half sleeves in 12 minutes. It was the most like that slight hyperbole, but like it was insane. Their shop, uh, I went in Friday and they were like, hey, Saturday will be busier. Don't expect the world necessarily today. We'll kind of see what happens. Um, but, you know, it's a Friday. It's a weekday. We open at noon. People are still at work. I ended up doing six walk-ins that day. Um, Super fun. Had a good time. Got paid well. Uh, Turned around and handed it all right back to them in exchange for a damn Cuban machine that Sean was selling that I really wanted. Um, I love those uh, machines. Dude, he had a DMC2 that's discontinued. And I've been, since I talked to you about him, looking and keeping an eye out. And he's like, oh, I got one in my drawer. Try it out on the tattoo. You like it? I'll give you, you know, cheaper than it was new. Whatever. Um worked out super well but yeah these motherfuckers i'm like cooking through these walk-ins like an hour of peace fun stuff talking with people having a good time and one of them will be like oh i'm starting this whole thigh piece and then i like finish these two little matching bees and i look up and i'm like where'd your client go they're oh i'm done like they flew and it was so hard to like i'm usually pretty good artistically about not looking at my neighbor's plate too much but from a standpoint of just how quick and solid their stuff was that it just like boom done boom done it it shook my confidence internally a little bit that i'm like okay let's get this line perfect and they're just like oh perfect line's cool 
tires until you buy. Um, and it wasn't in a dickhead way. Sometimes you go to shops and they're like, yeah, whatever, get it done, get out of here. Like, they were really pleasant people. They were good to their clients and still just so obnoxiously efficient. It hurt my feelings a little bit. <laughs> no, dude, and that's that's a thing. Like, it's so weird. Like, things like speed and efficiency and money tend to get in our way. Mm. Um, you know, I don't know how many fucking times I've felt less than because I didn't bring in the money I was expecting to bring in at a convention um, or in a day at a tattoo shop. Uh, just feeling like, and not even mad that I didn't make the money, but literally feeling less than as a human because I didn't make the money that I had hoped or expected to make. Um, yeah. That's, that's really interesting how like, we compare ourselves so deeply to things that others are doing uh, sometimes. And it doesn't make sense. Cause like, why, why would, why would me not making money make me any less than why would you being faster than me or me being faster than you make me any less than, but like, for some reason, we just really make that a thing. Um, and it's, it's interesting navigating through that. And like, yeah. How do you pick yourself back up? Like I had a moment today where I felt like I didn't get picked for something. And I was like, well, when I did get picked for it, I wasn't even able to show up really the whole way through. So that's why I didn't get picked again. And it's like, hmm, it's just so interesting how there's always this like level of loss, even if you don't want something necessarily, or yeah. don't have space for something, you feel like you've lost something. Uh, so I know that was kind of a little bit more of a different tangent than what you were saying, but I feel like still in the same vein, Dusty. No, I totally get that. And it is, it's funny. Like, that's why realism has always fucked with me so much because you're talking about how you can just paint and go with it. And I'm like, well, if I'm going to paint this person, I want it to put in this work. If you were just like, draw a panther, oh, sweet. I know those shapes by heart. Um, so it's, it's weird that everybody has their own methods. And to be able to, in my head, know that everybody has their methods and how they make it work and to say that and acknowledge it and be fine with it while equally being like well what the fuck why does their method work so much better and uh just so funny that you're like you know how the process works and you're fine with that and you're very chill while at the same time being like well damn it i want to have their success or their you know speed or their artistic ability to just see this fucking chick and draw her like it's nothing dude uh, I, it's so crazy i've always been that way about human drawing uh drawing tattooing painting humans man it's fucking difficult for me it scared the shit out of me so much to the point where like i just kind of avoided it for a long time and now i don't even give a fuck now i'm like all right well I know I'm going to do this and I'll probably turn out well. And if it doesn't turn out well, I'll tell myself how much I hate myself for not doing a good job. And everyone <laughs> else will tell me how a good job I did. So like, it's not really, it's not really a thing, but yeah, no, dude, that, that whole concept of like, I can't do this, but I can, but I can't. And I can't do it to the way I want to. Cause that guy does it better. Like Jimmy Litwalk, this dude is always fucking drawn the coolest, cutest fucking cartoon pinups. I can probably look at that stuff now and figure out how to fucking efficiently put it together. But at least for 10 years, I had no idea how he did it. And I thought he was magic. 
you know, <laughs> like yeah. I would make myself feel less than because of it. You know, I, I have like, a trick to pinups. Every single pinup I've ever done has been a silhouette of Dita Von Teese in a different position. Hmm. She's got the perfect silhouette for a pinup. Huh, interesting. I love her. Hell yeah. Every, and, and she's, I've, there's a million photos of her in a million different pinup positions. Hmm. So every time I do a pinup, I use Dita Von Teese's silhouette as the pinup. Huh, interesting. That's cool as shit. So like with Jimmy Litwalk, he was always doing cartoony stuff. So I couldn't even like really pull that, you know, oh, like, yeah. you know, when you, when you pull a cartoon pinup uh, versus a realistic pinup, you know, there's, there's exaggerations that need to happen. There's like little yeah. things that happen with the faces that make them simpler, but still beautiful. And, you know, like readable, uh, you know, like the, the traditional pinups, like they don't really fucking look like women's faces, but <laughs> you know, they've got oh, a yeah. Yeah, you got two, the, two the, little curls for the nostrils and a little right. M shape for the lips, and that's right. it. And it's, I was talking with uh, people in Indiana about that to do realism over the weekend that were like, oh, I can't do traditional, it's too simple. And I was like, no, it's not that it's too simple, it's that your brain is fighting you because it's not true light source and it's not true proportion. It's just, mm -hmm. it's almost so easy that you have to turn off your brain where it's going, oh, this is where you know the gleam on the cheekbone should be like now just make a face shape on a circle that's your dude person. that's been my yeah. hardest struggle with traditional over the years um because my brain is i've been my brain has been teaching itself how to over dimensionalize things and over complicate things not to oversimplify but the beautiful balance in that struggle and i feel like this goes through every part of life not just art um you have to figure out how to make it simple in the creative process while also making it look difficult to the onlooker. Yeah. To settle into a place of quality, uh, balanced quality. You know, uh, for me, with, you know, fucking, I would like break down my color fades to like six different tones when I was younger. And it was so much more work. But if I just fucking ride with, you know, three, four tones, I can even get away with two tones if I fucking blend them right. And I can mm -hmm. still get a really cool effect here. Without uh, as much work. Right, right. You know, like uh, Josh Payne, uh, many years ago, when I was seeing him on the road a lot, uh, I remember just watching him and like really breaking down his work and studying it. And I asked him one time, I'm like, how do you get so fast? Like, I see you fucking bang a whole, you know, chest plate you know in a day session and he's like dude look at what i do he's like i break things down so simple he's like i have large fields of color so everything is just a simple motion filling in that color i have nice smooth blends you know i fucking do circles and then i whip and then i go into the next color and i whip into that and then i do circles and then i whip and i'm like whoa and like that's simply the, the simplification of that was like a very big pivotal part of my career um, because it made me really, because I always wanted to go bigger with everything. So it made me push for bigger. That way I can be faster, which is weird. Cause like, you know, when you're doing things bigger, it shouldn't be faster, but it's simpler. 
And yeah. then it's still tech as fuck in the end because people are like, wow, look at those white highlights. I'm like, yeah, I got 10 minutes of white highlights in this whole fucking thing. Tattoos this big and it took me four hours, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's really interesting, like how your brain, given the right information and given the right amount of logic, can actually figure things out the way you need it to. And it's just weird that our brain does that. And it takes work and it takes processing and it takes fucking finding knowledge and information and then putting it all together in a stew and then letting it simmer and then throwing some patience oh. on. Man, these squirrels are brave. This squirrel just fucking ran up the fucking screen on the outside and the cat and one of the dogs, the one dog is going the opposite way, but the cat's fucking tracking him. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, took me off there. But yeah, you know, like that level. Squirrel. Yeah, a squirrel. <laughs> the level of simplicity that it takes to be tech and to be solid and to be proficient is really weird. And then that leads me to one of my favorite quotes that I hate when it bites me in the ass. Simple, not easy. Yeah, you and me both. Because like, I literally, so I signed up with a coaching program last year and the dude's like, yeah, man, it's simple to get your fucking shit, you know, off the ground. And I was like, okay, cool. So I'm like, simple, simple, simple. I'm ignoring the not easy part in the back of my head. It's speaking yeah. very lowly. I'm telling it to shut up. I'm ignoring it. You know, like I'm treating it like a nag. And then all of a sudden that simple turned into not easy. And I was like, motherfuck. Why didn't I trust myself on the simple, not easy thing? Why did I just think simple and go with it? <laughs> so it's a, it's interesting how that can, we can do that to ourselves and that can happen to us in life. Story of my life. Hmm. Right. And it's really weird. Like we should be better um, at standing getting out of our own way, but we're so good at getting into our own way. Uh-huh. <laughs> that we have a really hard time like acknowledging. Cause like, dude, me and Dusty will have the same conversation to each other about oh. what's going on. And we'll give each other the best advice. But the guy on the receiving end of the advice is still gonna have a harder time executing the advice than the guy giving the advice. Even if the guy giving the advice is the guy that just received it or if the guy that's receiving the advice just gave it like no matter what there's oh, always yeah. the, like mm -hmm. there's always this level of standing in your own way um and i'm really like i'm having these odd moments in my life where that gets more apparent to me and i'm like dude if you just fucking not do that then this is gonna be smooth and it's like oh and usually the not do that is like don't worry about this. Don't put so much effort into that. Don't fucking put this this way. Like, it's really weird how you can get stuck in the rumination loop and the doom, the doom loop mm -hmm. about something that has really no relevance in your life. It's funny. I meant to say something to you prior to this, but it's just funny because of the timing that uh, the last time we had like a long, long phone conversation a couple weeks ago, maybe that we talked about the whole idea of if you're trying to force something, just stop because it will, if it was meant to be, it'll kind of show itself when it needs to show itself. And it's funny because earlier we were just talking all that uh, uh, about how I saw your Cuban back in like August 
and I've been kind of keeping an eye out for one since then. And you were telling me about them and how they push the 123s. And I've been researching, but every time he builds a couple more, he puts out an email, they're gone before you can blink and all that stuff. Um, so I go to Indiana and just by total chance, Sean has one. And he's like, he does like soft painterly stuff. He owned a shop with Carlton for years and all that. So he's like, I love this thing, but it just doesn't do anything I need. Mm-hmm. Ends up selling it to me for real cheap, all that fun stuff. Well, then because I had kind of like backed off, of course, I just fall into one. So then I come back, I go to unpack my stuff and uh, I get to the shop and a bunch of stuff has moved around because we have a uh, Joshua Scott uh, left aisle nine and he's going to be pitch hitting at our shop for a little bit while he kind of figures out what he's doing and blah 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 so we moved some stuff to make room for him and there's a guy there that is super awesome dude but he hasn't done a tattoo since i started working at this shop back in the summer um he apprenticed for a couple years and it was kind of more of a hobby thing and he's got a day job and a wife and kids and so the owner kind of let him keep his stuff there more than anything just to their friends and there was room for it well now there's not quite as much room so he's selling it all off or i bought his chair uh, our apprentice bought like his power supply and his toolbox and a bunch of stuff uh the top row of the toolbox there's a bunch of these hey, i got some machines in there for sale if anybody wants them so i open it up and sure as shit there's a fucking cuban sidewinder with a nice tube and everything sitting right there so uh nice. i bought that one too um, but so it's like cool now i got two but it was that exact i was going to text you and make a joke about it that like of course i turned my brain off to something and then they just start popping up like they're not hard to get and yeah it's it's that same advice that i can give it to you all day but when i have to learn it for myself i have to learn it the hard way yeah and it's yeah. weird because like when you gave me that advice um that's stuck man it stuck hard and i don't know why um it's continually like at the forefront of my decision-making when I start to get impatient, but like probably because it's really good advice and it's advice I give. And when you fucking give me advice that I give, it kind of like, it's almost like if you do it nicely, it's a kind fuck you. And you don't even realize it. (laughs) It's it's, it's like when women in the South say bless your heart. Right, dude. (laughs) Yes, man. And it's like, fuck man. I, I, what? I might, one of my biggest struggles that I always want to make sure I do is walk the talk. Well, if it's my fucking talk and it's getting talked back to me, why the fuck am I not walking it? If I already know it's my talk, you know, so and it's, it's exclusive. To, What's up with like, it's easier to with kind of universal truth that we all have with our feelings. If somebody comes to you and they get on and they say, Oh, you know, I'm going through this thing where, my daughter is doing this and you know this is going on like people can get specific situations and it's a little harder to be like oh i don't have a kid so i can't put myself in your shoes but something as simple and universally truthful as hey if you're stressing out and forcing things it's not going to work out just stop and kind of let it happen is i don't give a fuck if you're you know man woman other fucking living in brazil living in the states 80 years old fucking three years old like that's just a good truth and it's so much easier when someone kind of throws it back in your face to stop and be like damn this really applies to a lot versus that really weird specific niche advice that you're like okay kind of like this is an easy one to sue in and we all go through it so it's a little easier to take and yeah just kind of let 
you know, really marinade. Yeah, dude, absolutely. And it's funny because like, so uh, last Monday was, last week was annoying um, in certain Ooh. aspects because Monday, one of the artists that just moved to the state, uh, he'd had a couple of run-ins with one of our artists and like, it didn't really go so well. And um, I just don't think we were able to provide the volume of work he was looking for. So he leaves on Monday and then we had to fire somebody on Friday. So uh, that advice has hit me real nice, you know, cause usually at this point I'm like, oh my God, the shop's gonna close because I don't have enough artists and now we're not gonna be able to pay the bills of fire, you know, and I start worrying so much, right? And I didn't do that this time. I was just like, well, if I start freaking out now, the artists that are meant to be here aren't going to be here because the energy is going to be wrong. And so, you know, I love both of these guys dearly, but it just sucks that it didn't work for both of them in our studio. Now I just need to know that there's people out there that I don't know or do know or do love or don't love or, you know, people, there's, there's people out there that are going to show up and my studio is going to be fully funded and supported. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm always going to have enough, folks in there to keep it rolling um and you know at some point in time we'll all be making lots of money because of it you know yeah. and if, so, if like, one of the guys that just came through was having issues with the volume of work because i see you guys putting out a good bit it's not like you're a slow shop but if he was expecting you know six walk-ins a day banger 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 then like if he wasn't the right fit, it's kind of that whole same thing about trying to force the square peg in the round hole that right, right. You know, are you are you going to be happier with an empty seat that you're trying to fill with the right person versus having someone there that you're like, yeah, I like them, but they're being a pain in the ass. Right. And that was the thing. Like he's, a, he's an amazing dude. Uh, his work ethic was phenomenal. Uh, he would take anything that walked through the door. He's got a giant family, dude. He's got a lot of people yeah. that live in his household and he's got to support a lot of people. So like, I get it. I mean, I'm bummed out about it, but at the end of the day, if you are not meant to be here, you're not going to be here. So me lamenting over you being here or not being here, isn't going to fucking make anyone's situation better. You know, like he's hustling, hustling and crushing it where he's at now. And that's making me happy to see him thriving and not just surviving, you know, um, but also at the same time, he was good enough to know. He, he's like, hey, man, I this isn't for me right now. Uh, and if I am meant to be here again, you know, this this may not be the end of our relationship working together. And I'm like, fuck, yeah, I'm with it. So it's really interesting to go from like mass exodus times last year with tattooers and, you know, had a bunch of folks leaving, you know, one after the other. Um, and then having to make peace with the fact that what was my fault was my fault. I can adjust and shift and make that not happen again. Uh, and what's meant for me is meant for me and the new people that are meant for me are gonna be here. And so it's really interesting how life will teach you. Like I said earlier with the patience thing, you know, how I fucking thought I had patience, but life needs to keep teaching me that. And life needs to keep teaching me perseverance as a business owner uh, because perseverance as a business owner is hard as fuck. And like, you get in your feelings about that shit real easy. Um, and me and Josh talked about, you know, uh, Josh Scott, you know, we talked yeah. about, um, you know, 
his next endeavors and what it's like to be in a seat that I'm in. And if he is interested in a seat like that for himself, um, it's a hard I, seat. I, I had a long talk with him that uh, I, I think he would be a cool chopper. I think he would do a good job. I think he's got Absolutely. a lot of really interesting ideas and he's been really doing his homework. But I also told him, and this is mildly a, uh, a selfish telling him because yeah. I just like the guy and we're homies and we like to travel together. But I was like, hey, he's got a really good relationship with the owner of our shop. We do a lot of cool stuff. We had room for him. So it was very like, why don't you come to our shop? Because he had a couple things lined up still that he needed to finish. And, uh, you know, appointment wise and sessions. And I was like, why don't you come do that? But why don't you hang out for, you know, until the summertime or maybe even until the fall or the winter, take a year, ask our owner a million questions, learn even more, visit around, go to other shops, see how they're, you know, most shops are going to be cool about showing you how they operate and giving you the knowledge they do have. And I was like, take a year to just travel when you can. I know he's got kids, but like travel tattoos take some walk-ins book some more appointments work at a shop that is vastly different than the situation he just left which he wasn't really happy with and just remember why you love it and do your thing and it may turn into you're not being so micromanaged and so gutted for money that you just are happy to just kind of be an independent contractor and do tattoos again you may end up a year from now still being like no i want to open it i want to do my vision but I'm, I'm trying to convince him to slow down and take his time a little bit. And like I said, it's 80% best interest and 20% selfishness. Cause I'm like, you're super cool. Come fucking tattoo with me. I want to hang right. out. But, um, no, but the best I'm, interest I'm he does. Dude, the best interest part of that is like, we opened our shop in urgency. Uh, the shop that I was working at when I came to town is the shop that closed down and we went into their space. Yeah. So now I didn't really have a place that I felt comfortable working at. Um, so we were like, fuck, let's just open a shop. Uh, and I, I'm not going to say we rushed it, but like we had a fucking time frame and that was frustrating. And then COVID fucked things up. So then our time frame just kept like getting wider and wider and weirder and weirder. Um, so to add to what you're saying, yeah, man, it would be fucking great if like I had a year to like strategize and plan and uh, put my patience in check to open my studio. Yeah, um, and so, so much of the situation, and you kind of know the backstory, was built around a shop that, you know, kind of primed him to charge a certain amount and do a certain bit that he did like, while at the same time, micromanaging, stifling any sort of leadership among the staff, um, no personal effects at your booth, no personality, we don't really promote you a lot, X, Y, and Z. And I think he feels just so micromanaged and beaten into a certain hole that mm, he feels like he kind of forgotten that as a tattoo artist, if you're at a good shop, even the way I felt about your guys at your shop and a lot of other shops I've been to, you promote them. You not only accept, but you actively kind of promote their personality. Um, you know, at the shop I'm at now, Aura's a big crystal vibe, love hippie. I'm a fucking goofball. Our owner's a mid-40s dad that was in the military and rides motorcycles. Everyone's got their thing. And our owner is actively like, that's fucking tight. Let who you are shine. Be yourself. Because if you've just got a shop of six fucking hard asses, then no one's a hard ass or whatever. Right. Um, 
And I think he'll get into that and realize that he can be somewhere that not only encourages him being himself, but like, dude, hang your fucking shit on the wall, stretch your feet, charge what you want to charge, consult the way you want to consult, listen to the music you like, eat the food you want. Like, you kind of get to almost be a business owner anyways, just being a tattoo artist, if you're at the right shop. It really operates like a friendship and a family and lets everyone do their thing. And our owner is so like, you know, just throw the money in my drawer at the end of the day. I trust you. You know, you keep tagging your money. It's not like a, I need a fucking 10 point breakdown of every dollar you made and where it went and why. And I, I think a lot of people would benefit from a position like that, no matter what industry they work in, to just kind of remember they can be themselves. And uh, just with what he came from that was so micromanaged that, like you said, just to have that year to breathe and to do your thing. Yeah. Yeah, you know, just might take a step back and be like, "Oh shit, this is this is fun," and not having the no offense as a shop owner to you, but like, <laughs> it's it's pretty tight to just be like, "Hey man, uh, this shop in Indiana hit me up," and then in February I'm gonna go to Rad Inc. and then March is Cleveland convention and Evergreen out in Oregon, and then and then and then and then and he's just like, "Awesome, have fun. Like, tell me if you need anything." And as opposed to if you're a business owner, who's going to watch this? Who's going to do that? Are you all scheduled? Who's going to pay these fucking bills? Because we got bills. Are the lights going to get turned off? Like, Well, and that's why I have it the way I have it, because you just have to tell us and we can do that. Yeah. You know, like. And and Brittany does a really good job with your guys' shop of keeping the wheels moving. And I don't have uh, to be a part of that. You know, she manages that. Uh, she gets compensated for that. And then that's that there. But yeah, no, like at the, at the staff I'm at now, it would be hard to let people fucking travel around right now, but that's why I have as many chairs as I do. And, you know, I want to have, I want everybody to have what you just said, you know, like that's a cool thing. And it's, it's been weird trying to figure out who is a business owner I'm going to be because I was real stringent for a period there. And I was really loose for a period there now uh it's like hey man i just kind of want this from you and um this is what i'm gonna give you and uh let's hang out so it's there's a a healthy middle ground and when you get the right people you can operate that way without worry absolutely and like getting the right people that's that's the thing the staff (laughs) i have now like they like two of the dudes i worked with before this shop and then the one was one of my former apprentices and they're all like, they're riders. You know, they ride for the fucking shop. The one dude, uh, he likes to quit all the time because he wants to quit tattooing in general. And then he's like, I'll go crazy if I quit tattooing. I was about to say, I can't imagine quitting tattooing. I'll go crazy. Oh, he keeps saying, I'm going to retire. So Brittany doesn't let him retire. If he takes a box in to fucking put his stuff, she'll throw away the box and like this little game of cat and mouse. But like with him, you know, me and him got beef like one time, but at the end of the day, he's always there for us. You know, it's like, it's really cool. When you have your people, when you found your people, you know, you have your people, you know, they're there for you, you know, they ride for you, uh, that reflects in who they are. And sometimes we just get a little funky. Like that's dude. <clears throat> one of the things I was talking to, uh, with this one dude, I'm going to do an interview with later. Um, when, something goes wrong i always expect it to end the relationship 
and having artists in my shop that like they can mess up i can mess up but like as long as we're doing like you know the a c minus mess up rather than a full-on f mess up you know like we can recover you know what i'm saying and like i'm learning a lot the, the and right if that mess up really does send them on their way they probably weren't the people you wanted to fuck with anyways like life kind of uh handed you a secret win there a harsh yeah. win but yeah. sometimes it takes a, a c plus fuck up to make you realize who isn't really about certain things right yeah. right yeah so it's been it's been a weird ride and we're rolling in like three years almost of owning the, of you know having this shop running and it's been a motherfucking ride and it's interesting. So uh, I'm interested to see what the next few years bring, because I feel like we've gotten a lot of the kinks worked out, you know, and when you start understanding your systems and processes, it gets a little easier. But like, once again, that goes into life. When you've lived enough life, life seems to get a little easier in some essences. Uh, so it's kind of nice to just get your program together and uh, getting my program together. And like you're finding your place, settling in, Dusty, you know, with the new shop and really loving it. Fucking Amber, you're finding your way in the in the yes, new I shop. Yes, I am. You know, I'm finding my way in life because um, I have a lot I want to do and I don't know how I want to do it all or how I'm going to have time to do it all. So it's a it's a weird <laughs> ride. I've, I've been in a weird transition probably for about six months now where I just don't even really know who I want to be when I grow up because I've got so many options of who I can be Mm. and I want to be so many people, you know, like I just got off a phone call today with a dude that wants to help me fucking put together my speaker package and like help book me jobs speaking on stages. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. How much is this going to like suck when I get it? And then it's too much, you know, (laughs) like, so I have to really figure out what, what I want to do when I want to do it. Um, and I feel like we all kind of have that, you know, what do I want to do? When do I want to do it? And how do I get there? Like, how do I make that decision? Yeah. You got to figure out how much of yourself is too much to give. Yeah. And and that, that drops back into that classic advice about forcing it and versus stepping back to let it take its spot because I'm, I'm, uh, fickle shitty person in a lot of ways and uh <laughs> it's, it's it's so funny to be like you could ask me on monday like do you want this and i'm like i've been thinking about this for months if not years more than anything in the world and then you might ask me that wednesday and i'm like wouldn't it be cool to just like open up a fucking roller skating rink instead um so you, you like really do have to be sure because nothing sucks worse the only thing that sucks worse than not getting what you want sometimes is getting what you getting want. Getting what you want. And then it not being what you want. And then being like, ow. Okay. Yeah. Just yeah. That, like, oh, I didn't realize what like, I wanted was this. Yeah. Somebody asked me the other day, how's the, the coaching program going? Um, and my answer was, I hated being at home all the time being stuck in a room being on these fucking sales phone calls and like trying to like you know get people to sign up with me and that was my hustle and then the work itself wasn't hard but leading to the work was super hard and like 
I didn't really see the family because I was always in the room, you know, fucking. And then if I did see them, I was stressed out and running back and forth between the room because I was between calls. And it's like, you know, what? yeah, I do want to coach. I do want to love people. I do want to help people. I do want to guide people. I do want to mentor people. But I can't make that my whole life. And I thought I was going to. And like that was a perfect example of getting what you want and then not wanting what you got and then having to fucking reevaluate what do you really want? And the funny thing is, and you and I have talked about this specifically, but you're like, oh, I want to coach, I want to mentor, I want to do these classes, and you want and you want and you want, and you still want to do it, and then you get to do it, and it is kind of that like, oh, okay, huh, because you got it in that form, and like, it's potentially not necessarily the form for you for what you want, right? um, versus how many videos do you put out that people comment on that they're like, Robbie, I needed to hear this. How many clients do you sit down with every week that you're like, okay, so what's up player? And they just start spilling the beans. Like you do mentor, you do coach, you do love on people. You do all of this stuff. Maybe that's just not the way that you want or need to be doing it in this particular season. Yeah. Versus, you know, fucking next winter the shop's up and running with the new artists. Everything's a little more on autopilot. People are coming to you for the class and you're like, oh, fuck, okay, well, it's, it, it fit this time. It just flowed. Right. But you're not trying to force that, uh, I keep saying the square peg in the round hole and it sounds weirdly sexual, but it, it makes uh, sense. Though. I see the kids it, toy. It works. <laughs> and actually Zen um, has that toy. There's a star, a square, a circle, a triangle, a couple other different yeah. So like, I see the toy. No, but you're absolutely right, man. And that was the thing like, yeah, sure. I could, I could be, I could be your typical entrepreneur and hustle so hard that I have a chip on my shoulder against the people that don't hustle as hard. And I could fucking be a multimillionaire because of it. And I could also be miserable. Oh yeah. yeah. So like, I'm not looking for misery dog. I'm looking for fucking time freedom and financial freedom. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to have freedom to, to do with my time rather than be stuck doing things I that don't light me on fire just so I can get financial freedom. Yeah. Like, And if you do those things your way as you, yes, those freedoms will come because you realize, okay, I want to coach. I want to consult. I want to do this. Well, I'm doing it while tattooing. And guess what? That makes me fucking two grand a day or I want to do right. it over youtube and i've got x amount of subscribers so you know they start paying me and then you're just living your life the way you want to and you come off as authentic instead of a salesman because you're just being fucking miley and people love that shit and you just get to make money and do exactly what you do versus like trying to it has to be through this avenue it has to be in this way yes you're that kind of personality that that stuff just shines through anyway so it's you know, it's not like you're a quiet, meek person and it's hard to figure out how you are and what you want. It's like, no, it's pretty apparent. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and the whole thing is like, you know, I've seen my social medias uh, blowing up in a lot of different avenues. I see monetization there. Um, you know, I and it's like all these things that I've always wanted. Uh, I'm getting I'm getting thousands of views on all the videos that I post, having people saying, hey, I needed this today. Well, that's. Like, essentially, that's what I wanted, right? Like, I wanted to make an impact. 
and I wanted yeah. to get, collect monetization off it. And I wanted to help people. And like, I am doing all that. So it's, it's interesting how we just have to slow down our thought process sometimes. Just like, I'm, I'm having trouble right now with wrapping my head around getting paid to coach. I guess instead, I'll just go back to getting paid to coach. Uh, <laughs> while I draw pictures, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's really wild. Um, <clears throat> like, I think this is a part of the, part of my life season that's necessary. You know, uh, when I was starting tattooing, I battled with taking people's money. You know, now I'm like, nah, I'm worth it. You can, you can give me your money. You know, like, I'm okay with that. We're good. We're Gucci. So it's interesting, like the, the processes that we all have to break through. And I have a slow processing system. Sometimes I'll delay my processing start. And then instead of working too hard to process through it, I'll just let it slowly dissipate. Oh. And I think that's one of those things that's happening. And like, dude, you didn't realize you were going to be such a teacher for me to continually remind me to stay that course. You know what I'm saying? But here we are. <laughs> we're, we're pretty similar personalities. Yeah. So I get to work through my own bullshit with myself by right. having someone that I like enough that I'm comfortable to say it to them. Right. Instead of having to say it to myself, which I'm like, oh, but I don't want to. <laughs> and you're hearing it, it anyway. Out. You're dealing anyway. So fuck it. You know? <laughs> this is exactly why I have a therapist. Right. And it's, my my biggest thing I have wanted for a while now is uh, validation on certain issues that uh, I feel, I mean, you know, kind of what's going on with everything with my job hop and all that. And it's funny because I keep meeting people and doing conventions and doing guest spots and, oh, hey, COVID is chilled out enough that we can all travel and do art in other states again. And I keep sitting down with people like, Sparrow, I went and sat down with uh, Sean and Laura that worked there and stayed at their house for two days. They've got this gorgeous, like, three-bedroom, super, uh, or three-bedroom, three-story, like, gorgeous antique home from, like, the turn of the century. Um, and we sat down, and they hung out, and we talked about art and music and all this really cool stuff, and we talked about all the exact same stuff that you and I talked about, and they said the exact same thing. And it just like, I'm like, okay, so I'm not the only one that sees these things. And that's really nice. Uh, and it's the more that I travel around and meet the right people and chat with the people that I'm like, oh shit, these are my people. I'm coming to so much more terms with like just closing my brain off to all of that stuff and being like, yeah, it is what it is. It's fine. It's over. Um, but that's yeah. what I wanted and I got it. And I got so much of that from you. So it is funny that in turn, like, maybe some stuff that you didn't want to say to yourself about those same people in those same situations you were able with me to be like, no, nah, this fucking sucks, dude. Uh, and you know, it was you allowing yourself to say it to yourself kind of in a really roundabout way. Same thing with, you know, everything. So it's, I think we get along and are similar enough that it's real easy to tell you what you need to hear because it's what I need to hear too. Right. We navigate together. And it's funny. Cause you just, you just said something that, that, popped up something for me about the validation stuff um the artist we had to get rid of uh i got contacted by his partner um and uh this isn't to throw shade in any way um like i didn't really like the way the fucking contact went down uh 
Yeah. It, it felt very much like someone was saying, well, you're the problem. Uh, and that's why artists aren't sticking at your shop for super long periods of time other than the ones you've got. And it was weird because that's a that's a thing that I'm working through because like I said, we had that mass exodus last year and we lost like four or five artists. Um, and that was at like <laughs> the height of me going through being okay having a baby uh, because when, when Donna was pregnant, it was fucking hard on me. I was managing the shop. I was tattooing at the shop full time. I was trying to take care of Donna's needs and I was trying to plan to have a baby. So my, my, my brain went nuts. I was snapped on people all the time. I didn't be the human I wanted to be. And then for somebody to bring that up later after like, I've worked through a lot of that and dealt with a lot of that sadness and that pain to have them say, well, maybe you're the problem. That's why you had to fire him. And it's like, not today. And it was really hard to just sit there and be like, nah, dude, like this ain't that. Yes, that was yeah. at a point in my shop and I'm working through that, but this ain't that. And like, it was hard for me to not be like, fuck you because it touched something in me that hurt. But then I had to realize, look, man, this, this is just what it is. Sometimes people get let go and sometimes somebody in their life isn't happy about it. Um, sometimes, you know, you get let go and you're not happy about it. And it was just, it was a really weird thing. And what you just said, just kind of popped that up about validation because I've been getting a lot of people trying to anti-validate me lately. So like, I'm trying really hard to believe in myself and trust myself and trust the process. And like these little micro moments keep popping up to say, Hey, you want to come off course, don't you? Yeah, come on, fuck that shit. And it's if like- If they weren't afraid of your power, they wouldn't try to invalidate it. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's the thing, I know this, but it doesn't make it easier in the moment. No, except, you know I what know. I'm saying? Because in the moment, they're feelings, right? And you're like, okay, well, now I just have to wait for them to pass or try to put my focus on something different. <laughs> You know? <laughs> uh -huh. that's really fucking hard to do and you know lessons patience right sit there with the discomfort uh one of the things i'm learning about people is the best way to be there for somebody when they're sad or going through some shit is just sit there and be in that discomfort that uncomfortable silence with them and that's yeah. and that's stupid and that's hard but that's the job right so it's uncomfortable. That's the point. Sometimes people just right. need you to sit with them in their awkwardness. And that exact statement you just made, sometimes you just need to sit with yourself in your own awkwardness. Oh, I'm an awkward motherfucker. I do. <laughs> but like for me, when I when the feelings hit, it's really hard for me to just sit there in it and not react. Because now I need a win, right? Yeah. I need to go and That's fight. Just not reacting. Right. I want it. So, oh. You gonna say this? Let me go and say it. And, and it was just like, you know what? If he wants to communicate about this any further, you can have him communicate with me. And that was my official statement, you know? Yeah. And, you know, that that's what it was. And it was hard for me, but like, I was able to get through that way quicker than that, than it would have been six months ago, a year ago, 10 years ago, because it would have sent me on a whole tailspin for a while. Oh, this yeah. is like, this is a weird feeling. I didn't like losing this person in my life on a daily basis. And now you're trying to make me feel bad about it even so more than I do. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's definitely one of those things too, where I think um, like 
every once in a blue moon, somebody is like just fucking wrong. Uh, again, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll loop back to the whole idea that Hitler existed. Uh, he was <laughs> just wrong. Um, it just is what it is. But more often than that not, deserves some whether, applause. Yeah, whether <laughs> sometimes people are just fucking wrong. Yeah, sometimes people are just fucking wrong. But more often than not, whether it's 90 10, whether it's 60 40, 50 50, uh, both parties, there's not even necessarily a right or wrong. Wrong might not even be the right term, but like just don't agree or don't see eye to eye. And there's so much to be said for when somebody feels the need to reach out to be like, <laughs> no no it's you know this know that and it's such a projecting thing to not be like hey i know i didn't handle this the best way possible but uh also i didn't really like that you did that and that caused me to feel this way or to like sit down and really logically break down the actual breakdown and things and it's so easy in an argument to be like hey i get why you're upset uh i kind of fucked this up but also understand that i'm trying my best and that I also have X, Y, and Z going on. And more often than not, it'll almost disarm people and kind of catch them off guard. And they're like, well, fuck, thank you for admitting you're wrong. You know, I actually didn't handle A, B, and C to your X, Y, and Z very well. Or maybe I just thought this was that. Right. Versus if somebody's just like, no, fuck you, you're wrong. Uh, it, it really reeks of them being like, just unable to process the situation or to potentially process their wrongdoing in the situation or not accept it sometimes it just don't be like that um and yeah. so yeah you know for anybody to reach out with you with that i think it is a thing where uh you know that that should be validating to you that they weren't like hey i'm really upset about how this went down or hey i'm really you know where where was the lack of communication where was the issue where was the drop of responsibility did I do this? Did you do that? How can we fix this in the future going forward? It was just, no, you fucking suck. And there, there's no real feedback in that. And that should show less of an invalidation to you and more of a, well, again, you're, it's potential you were a little bit of the issue or the situation just wasn't was what it was. But like, don't take too much guilt in that situation if the best that they can come at you with is like, this is fucking dumb. And that's the weird <laughs> thing. Like, dude, with both of these, both of these cats, I was like, bro, I know hundred percent. I am not in the wrong. And I usually can't say I know hundred percent. I'm not in the wrong. Like these steps were taken intentionally to make sure I wasn't in the wrong in this situation. And it's interesting because I had a hard time deciding if it was like, should me as an owner of a business have to fucking deal with your significant other talking to me about you getting fired? Like, I feel like yeah. we're not, we're not in school anymore, dog. Like you, you know? So like, I feel that's like that's kind of like having your mom call your job to right. yell at them because they're not treating you right. Right. And it was like, it was really weird. It threw me off because I was like, I know a hundred percent that I have done everything I could as a place as a human that provided a place of employment for these dudes. But like, it was just, it threw me off. It just threw me off because like, I don't know which part was right and which part was wrong, except for the parts that I do know. And then now you're presenting me information that I've working through from before. And it was, it was a very confusing thing for me. Um, and yeah, sometimes some people just are wrong the way they come at you, you know? And sometimes 
that puts a different response in your lap uh, because it's hard to just be like, yeah, I don't really agree. Please let's, you know, I'll, I'll let me try to, to understand. I had no want to understand. I was like, yeah, this conversation is basically over. We shouldn't be having this. And uh, I feel like that's where I was wrong because I could have gone further, but like, I didn't have the space for it. Yes, Tess. <laughs> Not to interrupt, but I'm going to go pop off to my chaos and cook dinner. Well, it is 619, so we should be wrapping this up now. <laughs> oh, what a surprise. Oh. We went over. <laughs> I, I was I was actually very intrigued on what everyone was saying because I'm kind of like in the crossroads of going back to school or not going back to school. Mm. And I'm still trying to figure out if I want to do business or if I want to do photography. Intuition. Um, and if you did... My suggestion, if you do business, that teaches you how to fucking do business for photography because you can teach yourself photography outside of school. See, so. outside of that, I want to open a cafe because I'm a coffee snob. Then go to business school. But I'm you also are, you like, went to culinary school. Go to business school. I don't want to go. All right. Go to your children. I love you. Here, okay. I love you too, bro. See you guys. I'll <laughs> see you when you have a good one. Yeah, we'll go ahead and start wrapping this up now. Um, but yeah, uh, once again, no shade thrown to anyone. Uh, no. Uh, if anyone is watching and they do know any of the people involved in this, uh, yeah, um, no shade this, whatsoever. This um, a cool Captain Picard quote from Star Trek. Uh, so I'm, I'm being real cool when I quote this. But you can make every right move and still lose. Oof. Oh, a good one, right? That's right, the chest. Banger. You can hear it in his voice too. You can make every right move. And uh, but no, that like that's for real. And that's the thing that like you could have been 100 percent right. And I don't know the situation. They could have been 100 percent right. And it's so easy to be like, it sounds like it was a very amicable terms with the person themselves for you to be like, hey, you're at this thing where you're crushing it. My shop's running the way it works. Neither of us was wrong, it just didn't fit. And there can be so much no shade in that. So hopefully, even though it sounds like their significant other maybe wanted to, you know, put a little fault somewhere, it sounds like the both of you were like, dude, we both made all the right rooms. It just wasn't the right fit. That's so funny that you just said that because it made total sense when you just said that. The significant other just wanted to, you know, place some blame or some fault or get some understanding or some clarification. Mm. Uh, I just didn't appreciate the way it was uh, carried out. Yeah, and the way that the game. It is kind of cute that they were standing up for their partner, though. They just didn't go about it very well. That's cute, but I'm not here for that. I got a lot of people I got to fucking manage in my life. And if you want to do this, <laughs> let's talk in person. Uh, let's yeah. set up a meeting. You know, uh, don't tell me a bunch of stories and a message. And then now I'm like, not really sure how you even fucking came at me. Because text is very hard to decide. Yeah. You don't get the connotation. Yeah. Yeah. The the last shop I left, their significant other texted me a super passive aggressive novel uh on the way out the door. And I was just like, I'm gonna choose to read this at the value of they didn't mean it to sound as bad as they did, even though it definitely does. And it was so easy to just be like, okay, and just not respond and move on with my life. Right. Uh so you know. Well, and that's Maybe it's it funny. sounds like that's where you left it at. Was just like, okay, cool. Well, I've had the extent of this conversation I want to have, so you can come bring some coffee through and say hi, and we can chat, or you can, right. you know, 
be mad. Yeah, no, it's funny too because uh, when in the terms of significant others, Donna was my softener before she got pregnant. She would always soften my edge, um, and I'm glad she taught me excessive radical softening because that motherfucker has no patience anymore, and she wants she to tell. Not her, soft. Dude, she wants to, dude, she used to be a lot more soft when dealing with people and the, like the pregnancy and stuff, just like she put that away. And now she's like, fuck it. I want to kill everybody when they're wrong and you. And I think why I take personal offense to it is because look, me and Donna will get into a fight about it. If she's like, if she's like oh, I'm going to tell them, I'll be like, no, the fuck you're not. You're going to be a grown up. We're going to take the fucking high road and we're going to be good people here. And like, cause I know what the other road leads to, man. You want to fight? You're going to get one. And then if you want the pain that comes with that fight, you're, it doesn't matter if you want it, you're still going to get it. So mm. it's been a very interesting thing to like, just exist <laughs> and thrive and yeah. you know, move on through all of the things that I, that I lived through. So, and you know, once again, uh, I got a really good life and there's really nothing I should be complaining about. But uh, at the end of the day, it's hard to live sometimes. It just yeah. is. Uh, Sublime made a song about it. <laughs> yes, they did. Uh, we're all just navigating. That's it, man. That's it. Well, fuck. I love you guys. I appreciate you. Uh, once again, Guy Aitchison, Gabe Ripley, Reinventing the Tattoo. Thank you for giving us a place to come and talk about our feelings. Uh, thank you guys for always showing up. Dusty, thank you for who you are as a friend, as a human in my life. Uh, and as a counterpart to this production. Uh, love you guys. Yeah. Have a great fucking night, and I will talk to you soon. Love you too. <laughs>